Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. We praise you today. Welcome, friends. God bless you. I thank you today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for this, my brothers and my sisters. And I pray, Father, for your mighty anointing of the Spirit of God upon us today as we hear your word, Father. We praise you and we thank you, Lord, for strengthening us, for opening our ears and to let us hear your voice, Lord. Let us uh, be led by your precious Holy Spirit. We submit to you today, Holy Spirit. We surrender to you and we thank you, Lord, for teaching us the word of God and revealing Jesus to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there's a proverb in chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 11, and it says, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word fitly spoken at the right time. And, you know, that word fitly spoken there, it, it's a word that translates to mean uh, wheels of motion. 
And praise God, you know, I just believe that that's what God, God's word does for us. It sets us in motion and propels us forward. There, let's go to Isaiah chapter 50, if you don't mind, and verse 4. And the Lord's been speaking this to me with a while. It says, um, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. This passage is, is a messianic passage, uh, prophetic, talking about the Messiah, Jesus. And um, But you know, Jesus said, as I am, so are ye on this earth. And so this is also speaking to you and I, friend, that the Lord wakens us every morning and speaks a word into our ear. And I often find that is that, you know, um, it could be something I read or something in the Word of God, maybe a teaching I'm listening to, or maybe a song, maybe something that's not related, you know, to the Bible in any way. And, and suddenly, you know, the Lord speaks a word to me. And as I dig into that word and go and find the scripture, you know, that he's been putting on my heart about that word, um, I find that he teaches me and, and, and propels me forward in my faith. And um, not only that, but uses me to be able to bring a word in season to those who are weary. And that's what he wants to do with you as well, friend. There are no uh, superstars in the kingdom of God. We all have the same spirit of God living inside of us. We all have been anointed uh you know, with the anointing that destroys the yoke. And it's not just for ourselves. It, it's not just for us to be healed and for us to be made whole and for us to have peace and stability. But it is uh, the Lord, his love being poured out through us for other people and to reach down to them. And, you know, people are hungry and, and they know they're hungry for an authentic word. They know the truth uh, in the word of God when they hear it um, and, and they know the difference between what is true and what is not authentic and many times you know people are aware I think that an awful lot of people even who, who maybe don't know the Lord are aware that there's something up in the spirit realm in the world you know and many might think that Oh, it's the end of the world or something or, or what's going on or think that it's something to do with the universe or, or gods or something like that. They, they don't actually have the language, perhaps. They don't have the language of God because they've never had a relationship with him. And the Lord can use uh, you and use me to to minister his love to people who have never known him. And that's a high calling. A lot of people are stuck with with problems that are overwhelming them. They have no answers for. And many people are broken and shattered and crushed. And most of them don't even have the language to say what is actually going on inside in their heart or what is going on in their lives. And I found, 
you know, that many Christians have regressed even through this COVID um, crisis. Many Christians have regressed. They've gone backwards in their faith because there's an atmosphere of hopelessness and helplessness in the world. And I'm not saying that in a way to condemn anybody because, you know, there's this pervading atmosphere and influence of oppression and fear. And it's on everybody's lips and and it's dangerous and we have to watch out for it. So our communication skills need to be sharpened up. And we need to stop coasting along. And instead, we need to relight the fire of our faith. And, and like that scripture that we, that we read from Proverbs 25, you know, a word fitly spoken at the right time will propel us on and set us in forward motion again. And how do we sharpen up our, our communication skills with the Lord? By repentance, first and foremost. Repentance, living a lifestyle of repentance, a lifestyle of prayer and a lifestyle of studying and meditating God's word. We need to use our connection to God. Uh, If you like our own personal red telephone, do you remember that in the Cold War? And and they say there was a red telephone (laughs) and don't ever press the button (laughs) for the telephone. Well, you know, Maybe had they actually picked up the telephone and talked to each other, they may have been able to communicate better and stop an awful lot of fear and, and terror throughout the world. And that's the way it is with the Lord. You know, we, we, we talk to our friends on the phone. And we need to talk to Jesus in, in exactly the same way. And when we talk to the Lord, we don't need to just talk all the time. If I have a friend and my friend rings me and that friend keeps going on and on and on and on so that I never get a word in edgeways, well, then that's not really a balanced, a balanced relationship, is it? You know, Jesus wants us to listen, to hear and to obey his word. In fact, uh, in the book of Revelation, to every church that the message was preached to, he said, to him who has ears, let him hear. Now, we all have ears, um, but, you know, some people are prevented and hindered from hearing. So that scripture in Proverbs 25, the word of God is like gold apples on a platter of silver. That is, it's an exquisite thing. It's an abundant, luxuriant, valuable thing. It's, it's a vehicle that will propel you and me forward akin to, you know, wheels spinning. But unfortunately, many people and many Christians are now so brainwashed by the lies of the enemy that all they hear, all they understand and all they are speaking, speaking forth are words in agreement with Satan. There is an obsession with fear right now. The language of Satan's kingdom is fear. And that language is alien to the language of heaven. Because the language of heaven is faith. 
And so there's a communication blockage there for many people because the language they've been speaking and hearing and listening to is the language of Satan's kingdom, which is based on fear and lies and deception. And they don't understand the language of the Bible then. The language of of heaven is the language of faith. And this faith is trust in Jesus and his righteousness, which has made us holy and acceptable to God. We are loved by God. Do you know that, friend? You are loved by God. You are wanted by God. You are protected and blessed and anointed by him as you enter into that relationship with him through his son, Jesus. That's the place you have in his kingdom. So in the same way that oil and water repel each other, they they cannot mix. They are opposites. It's exactly the same with faith and fear. They repel each other and they cannot mix. We must do our utmost to protect and to preserve our faith and cause our faith to grow and not regress. Let's look at Romans chapter uh, 10, it is, I believe. Romans 10 and verse 17. And it says, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there is a way to get faith and it is by hearing the word of God. Again, with our ears, listening with our ears, perceiving and understanding and comprehending what the Lord is saying. The truth of God's word is the foundation of wisdom. Um, In Proverbs 9 verse 10 and in Proverbs 1 It says, you know, that wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And again, in in Psalm 110, it says, um, I'm trying to remember exactly the way it says now, but it says, the truth of God's word is the foundation of wisdom. And everyone or all who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. So we can increase and, and like we spoke a few um, couple of weeks ago on one of our podcasts, you know, the Lord is constantly looking for us to increase and expand and keep growing. So in what way or how do we grow if we are growing in wisdom? We, how we grow is we grow in discernment. To know the difference between good and evil, between right and wrong. And when we grow in our wisdom and in our discernment, what happens is we will not be deceived by the devil and we will spot the enemy's agenda and his lies immediately. Jesus put it this way. Let's look at it in John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, verse 31, he said, Jesus said to those who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In the Amplified Version it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know and understand shall make you free, shall set you free. 
So it's the truth of God's word that causes us to grow in wisdom and stature and understanding and discernment. You see, Jesus was speaking actually in John chapter 8, and I think we spoke about this in our last podcast. Um, In John chapter 8, Jesus was speaking one language here. He was speaking the language of faith and of truth, the truth of God's word. And those who opposed him were speaking another language. It was the language of Satan's kingdom, and it was the language of lies and deception. And if you look there, in still in John chapter 8, in verse 43, he said, Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. And then he went on to tell them, You are of your father the devil. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And of course, this horrified these people. But you see, they were unable unable to understand Jesus. They had ears, but they could not relate to what he was saying because they were deceived and living under a spirit of deception, a lying spirit. Jesus was speaking to them of the kingdom of God and how it is worked uh, and, and governed by the spirit of God. But you see, the people at this time were living under the Roman Empire. Um, the Roman Empire had conquered the land of Israel and they were under Roman rule. And so they were trying to understand what he was saying through a political kingdom mindset. They were oppressed and they were being influenced by the spirit that was oppressing them. And you see, the Roman Empire, the way they... Um, worked was when they conquered a nation how they conquered it was they crushed the people they crushed that nation and then what they would do is once the nation or the people would um, behave themselves (laughs) they would give them certain liberties but they really had no liberty at all It was a complete falsehood and a deception. Jesus was speaking here within the boundaries of the spirit and talking about the kingdom of God. But these people were listening, they were perceiving what he was saying through the boundaries or the the parameters of a political kingdom and, and the principles of the Roman Empire. So they were living under living in a world that was uh, controlled by lies, deception, um, distortion of the truth and falsehood. And so to somebody who's living under that influence, what Jesus was speaking sounded, you know, God's word and the truth of God's word sounded like gibberish to them. And so they could not understand what he was saying. It was just all gobbledygook. In John chapter 14, Jesus was speaking about how prayer is answered. And in verse 12, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, 
He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That word there um, where he says, if you ask anything in my name, that word ask translates to if you demand anything in my name. Not demand from the Father, but demand from the demonic spirits that are oppressing or, you know, if it's if it's a sickness or whatever, you demand in the name of Jesus that it goes. And when you have, when you, understand and comprehend the truth of God's word and understand the authority that God wants you to operate in. You can speak to uh, the powers and principalities of darkness that are causing whatever problem or sickness or whatever in the name of Jesus. And those things have to leave because you demanded of them in Jesus' name. Let's turn to Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, let's read it first, okay? I'm going to read from verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who... Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I, ha- what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the, t- the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, as the lame man was being, who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them to the porch, which is called Solomon's, and they were greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us, as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? So this is an interesting encounter. This man was brought every day to the gate that was called the Beautiful Gate, And he was laid there to beg because he was crippled and lame. And he was lame from his mother's womb, so he had never been able to walk. You know, the gates in the Bible represent a place of authority. It's at the gates that the judges would hear cases and issue rulings and justice. It's at the gates where 
people would um, prophesy, where they would read God's word, where they would. Um, it was a place where if somebody needed wisdom or needed um, authority of some kind, they would go to the, the, the people who were raised up as judges of the city or, or rulers and, and they would sit at the gates and so they would get justice there, they would get wisdom there, they would get the word of God there. So this, all these um, transactions went on at the gates of the city and the gates of the temple. Also, the gates were there to keep out the enemies. So the gates were a place of protection as well as authority. And then in John chapter 10, Jesus told us that he is the gate to the kingdom of heaven. So the gates also represent um, a spiritual entryway. We have access through the gate that is Jesus. Through his blood, we are cleansed, we are forgiven, we are healed and made whole and reconciled to God the Father. So we have access to God through the gate that is Jesus and the cross and what he did for us there. And we're in the position of of privilege of being able to come into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. And that's what he wants for you and for me, friend, is our complete restoration, reconciliation and complete renewal. So this crippled man, really, and, 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 and what was done to him every day, he was brought there by his family to beg so that he'd at least be of some use to bring some money in for his family. This was an affront the fact that this man was laid there every day was an affront to what the gates represented. An abomination to God, really. Because the gates represented the governance, the authority, the justice, and the redemption of God. And so Peter and John, as they saw him that day, and he was begging arms off them. You know, he looked at them and he was expecting to receive something from them. And Peter, you know, says to him, look at us. So he, they, they had his complete attention because he thought he was going to get arms from them or money. But instead, Peter said to him, what I have, I will give you. And what he gave him was that in the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. Peter put into practice what Jesus had told him in John chapter 14, that whatever you demand in my name, that I will do. And this was just, you know, what a miracle. The people here, you know, the witnesses, they rushed over to see this man and to see Peter and John. And of course, this is where Peter reprimanded them then and said, why are you looking at us? It's nothing to do with us, nothing to do with any power we have. But this was, let's continue it actually. 
the God of Abraham, in verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And then in verse 16, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So Peter made it very clear that it was through faith in the name of Jesus, whom they crucified and whom God raised from the dead and whom they witnessed raised from the dead, it was faith in his name that had brought the strength and wholeness and healing to this man. Perfect soundness. Peter and John healed the man in the name of Jesus. They commanded him to be healed. They demanded that he be healed. They demanded that the enemy who had bound that man since he was in his mother's womb they demanded, you take your hands off him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You loose him and let him go. And in, that's what they, in verse 16 there, they, they gave the key to this man's healing. It was by faith in the name of Jesus. And then they went on in verse 17. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And then he goes on here to tell them what to do. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That is one of my favorite scriptures. I know I say that all the time, but... <laughs> I've loads of favorite scriptures, but you know, the times of refreshing may come. Where does the time of refreshing come from? From the presence of the Lord. Who is the presence of the Lord? It is the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. And in fact, if you look at the, the page before that or the chapter before that, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter told the people, and in the first time that he spoke to them, Peter said to them in verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And this is the thing, is that the promise of salvation is not just for you and for me, but it is for our children. And it is through faith in the name of Jesus. And what happens is, is that when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we repent of our sins and turn from them, we are, are brought into the presence of God through his Holy Spirit who lives in us then. And we are baptized in the name of Jesus. Our sins are washed and cleansed and we are made whole. And times of refreshing come from the Lord. And back over to chapter 3, in verse 19 again. 
Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. You know, he's... What he's saying here is that there is a time in God's calendar for restoration. And I believe that time is now. And the thing is, friend, is that the enemy is a counterfeit of of everything to do with the Lord. And so there's a counterfeit to faith and it's called fear. And right now the enemy is screaming into people's ears. Fear, fear of the virus, fear of second waves, fear of surges, fear of, you know, death and destruction, fear of breakdown, breakdown of society, breakdown of business and and complete and utter failure. And listen, I'm telling you, that is just like what those people at that time in John chapter 8 you know, they were under the influence of this oppressor of the Roman Empire that had crushed them and that had given them certain liberties. So they felt like that, that they had some freedom, but they had no freedom. And they were living under um, a system of lies and falsehood and deception. And they were totally deceived. And that is where our world is right now, because we are told in the, in the book of Oh my goodness, I'm just after forgetting which book it is in. Is it Corinthians? It is, yes. That the God of this world, Satan, has deceived the whole world. And you see, if people don't know the Lord, if they are ignorant of his word, that's why he said the truth that you know and understand and comprehend will set you free. Do you know, I believe that there are many people in our world right now who are who love God, who love Jesus and who desire to to know him earnestly, but they are totally deceived in their minds and, you know, they, they are being influenced by the world system. They are in agreement with it, with what's coming out of their mouths. They are speaking out fear and terror. They're, they're, are in no way, um, have no understanding of the authority that we have been given through Jesus and through his blood. And they're living totally defeated and in failure. And I believe they are actually dyslexic Christians. And that's not saying anything to anybody who has dyslexia. Because uh, actually, when I was at school myself, I had it. But um, you know that with dyslexia, you know, things get mumbled up or, or jumbled up and, and words can appear backwards or, or you know, comprehension of, of um, step-by-step things can be very difficult for somebody with dyslexia. And, and I, th- I believe that that's what's wrong with a lot of Christians, people who really are genuinely spiritual and love God and want to please him, but they, they find it very difficult to understand his word. That's what was happening here with these people. That's why it came across as gibberish, because they were trying to understand it through their intellect and through the only kingdom system that they knew, which was a political system, a, a system of oppression through the Roman Empire. And Jesus was trying to broaden and and open up their understanding to understand that there is uh, the kingdom of God operates in the spirit realm and that we are, you know, first of all, 
we are spirit beings and we just live in a physical body on this earth. And Satan, the god of this earth, rules uh, this world through oppression, through lies, through falsehood and through taking away people's liberty and freedom. And that's why Jesus came. He came to set the captives free. And I encourage you today, friend, to listen to what Peter's spoke here. You know, he issued a call for repentance, for people to turn away from ignorance. And that's not insulting anybody either. But, you know, when we don't know something, we are ignorant. If there is something that, you know, we need to understand and we have no knowledge of it whatsoever, then we are living in ignorance and we need to get to know the truth. That's what Jesus was saying. You need to know the truth of his word and not be lied to or deceived any longer. Because under a spirit of of deception, there is nothing only oppression, depression, failure and complete bankruptcy. In, in, in every area of life, not just financial, but every area of life. And that's not how God wants you to live. He wants you to live as his son, as his daughter, in a place of, of authority, in a place of being able to use the name of Jesus and to understand and comprehend the power in his name and to live a blessed life. being refreshed by his presence. In Isaiah chapter 35, actually in Isaiah chapter 33, in verse 14, I believe it is, it talks about the sinners of the world being struck and shaken with fear and terror seizing the godless. And who can live with this devouring fire, they cry. Who can survive this all-consuming fire? That word really spoke to me this week. Because that is what we're hearing going on in the world right now. From unbelievers. Let's read it in, in Isaiah 33, verse 14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppression, who gestures with his hand refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil, he will dwell on high. His place of defence will be the fortress of rocks, Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. There's a promise there, friend. There are two very distinct type of people there. One are the hypocrites, uh, the ones who are who are living in terror and living under an oppression of lies. They are absolutely terrified. And they see that there is a devouring fire. You know, Hebrews talks about our God is a consuming fire in Hebrews chapter 12. And that's the chapter where he talks about that everything on the earth will be shaken and only the unshakable things will be left. And our faith, you know, this is what our faith does for us, is it grounds us and secures us and holds us fast so that we will not give in to the lies of the enemy and we will spot immediately the agenda of the devil to try and rock and and shake us and and take us off of our 
our um, our place of trusting in God. That's what he's after. The devil's after your faith. He's after your faith and the seed of the word of God that has been planted in you. He's after your trust and he wants you to be totally destabilized. But he is a liar and he will not succeed. And Jesus said, you know, in um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, I believe it is. Now God always causes us to triumph. In a tri- he leads us in a triumphal procession. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his presence everywhere we go. When God is living inside you, the spirit of God is living inside of you. Listen, you can't help but let him out. And there is a smell that is associated with you everywhere you go. You are exuding a fragrance. And it's a fragrance of life to those who are being saved. And it is a fragrance of death to those who reject the gospel and who, you know, give the Lord the two fingers. In Isaiah chapter 35, just over the page, the two chapters on, it says in verse 3, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, Your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. This is why repentance is so important. Why we live a lifestyle of repentance. Not a lifestyle of unworthiness. But a lifestyle of, oh Lord, I ask you to forgive me. You know, when we mess up, when we sin, when we do wrong. Father, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me in the name of Jesus. You confess your sins out to the Lord yourself. You, uh, you know, what happens is, is it's the Holy Spirit who convicts us in our spirits of sin. And of times when we mess up and we all do it, believe me, <laughs> there is nobody perfect. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a a fool, sorry, not a tool, a fool. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed, the ransomed of the Lord, his kinsmen shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Praise God. There is a fruit that comes forth from faith in God and from trusting in Him. And even though you might be afraid, listen, strengthen the feeble hands, make strong the the feeble knees. Even though things might look frightening, as you put your trust in God and you just take one step at a time, friend, and, and 
obey his word, study his word and speak his word forth and say, no, I'm not taking those lies of the enemy. I refuse to get into agreement with fear. I declare and decree in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus covers me and my household. I plead the blood all around my my property, inside my home and outside my home. I plead the blood of Jesus all around my children, all around my workplace, all around my business. I plead the precious blood of Jesus and I refuse to receive that spirit of fear and I cast down those thoughts, those strongholds that are trying to get me to believe a deception and a lie and a falsehood. And instead, Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word is truth and your word is true and you are not a man that you should lie. And Lord Jesus, I speak your name over this situation. I thank you, Lord, that your name has been exalted above every name that is named. The name of Jesus is above the name of coronavirus. The name of Jesus is above the name of cancer. The name of Jesus is above poverty, is above sickness, is above disease, is above failure, is above brokenness. The name of Jesus is the greatest name. Hallelujah. And if you want to see the proof of that, Lord, friend, go to Philippians chapter 2 to finish. Thank you for your patience. Praise God. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, therefore God has elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? How many knees? Some knees? The odd knee? No. Every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee shall bow. There is no name that is exalted above the name of Jesus. That is a lie by the enemy. And it is what he uses to form strongholds in people's minds. We are to cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God. If God's word said that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed, and if there is a sickness attacking your body, well then that sickness is a lie from the pits of hell. And you need to tell the enemy, you take your hands off my body, you take your wherever, even if it's somebody in your family, in the name of Jesus. I speak to you and I tell you, leave and never come back. As we expose, uh, you know, what happens is God's word, as we get to know his word, it exposes the works of darkness. And how he exposes it is because he is the light of the world. And, you know, light always quenches darkness. So I encourage you today, friend, do not fear. Speak to your circumstances. Speak to your mountains. And do not fear, because God is with you, he is for you, and when God is for you, who can be against you? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friend. Psalm 84 How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my body cry out for the living God. Yes, the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, they 
continually praise you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the paths of Zion. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go, they go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears in Zion before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer and give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of your anointed. For one day in your courts is better than one thousand elsewhere. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give favour and glory. For no good thing will he withhold from one who walks uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen. The ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in Jesus' name. Amen.